Exodus chapter number 33, and I want you to be back tonight, I want you to be back in the service this evening, and I know that the message this evening will be a help to you. Uh, this morning we're going to be in Exodus chapter number 33, and we're going to read several verses of scripture this morning, beginning with verse number 10, all the way down to the end of the chapter, uh, beginning Exodus 33 and verse number 10. And if you have your Bibles open, we're going to jump right in this morning uh, because there's uh, much to get to, and I want to let you out before 1.30. And so uh, we'll begin reading verse number 10. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. They turned again into the camp, but a servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the earth, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen." I want you to keep your Bibles open. We're going to refer to several verses of Scripture in this uh, passage of Scripture. But I want you to look at verse number 21, where we find our text verse this morning. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. An interesting uh, conversation between Moses, God's leader, and God. We'll touch on several things this morning. When we get down to our text verse, God says, Behold, pay attention, be aware. There is a place by me. I am so thankful that I serve the God of the heavens. I'm so thankful that I know God personally. I'm so thankful that I can look at the stars at night and I can say I know the God who put every one of them there. But even beyond that, I am so thankful that I have an access to that same God. Because we could talk about a wonderful God and a gracious God, but if we never had access to Him, there's not a whole lot of, that He could do for us. But friend, this morning, if you're saved and you know that you're saved, we have access to the God of all things. Now I want you to take note of that phrase this morning. There is a place by me. I want to talk about that place this morning by God. And I believe this will be a help to you this morning. I believe it will be a challenge to you. Father, I pray that uh, you'll work in the service this morning. Father, 
what an overwhelming, awesome thought. To think that the God of all things, the Creator of all things, would give us life. But then He'd give us His Son to pay our sin debt. And Father, I pray this morning that if there's one in the service who's never gotten that settled, they've never put their faith and trust on the Lord Jesus to get that settled today. Father, I pray that every Christian would be challenged this morning to uh, have a desire, and their desire to grow closer to you would grow. I pray that you'll work in hearts this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are many passages in the Bible that have become my favorite passages, like I'm sure they have to you. There are many stories in the Bible that when I read them, no matter how many times I read them, I have to pause and really think through the awesomeness of what I just read. Such as the passage of Scripture we just read, especially the latter part of uh, this chapter, when you think of what happened in that case and what Scripture has recorded to us, I can only just sit back and say, wow. For God to show Himself in such a way that is described here is just an amazing thought to me. And the fact that God and Moses had such a relationship when God sought, uh, Moses sought God and said, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see your greatness. I want to see how magnificent you are. Show me thy glory. The fact that he would uh, ask God that and the fact that God would oblige with that, that, that phrase, well, I've got a place by me. Now, I can't show you all of me because no man could see my face and live. My magnificence is so great, the glory is so great, that if I showed that to you, it, you would die, you could not sustain it. But I'll tell you what I'll do, Moses, because you want to see my glory, there's a place up here by me, and, and you come up here, and I, I'll put you in this little crevice, I'll put you in this little cliff here, and, and I, I'll, I'll shield you just enough so that you can endure it, so that you can take it, but I'll walk by and I'll let you see me in the amount of glory that you can withstand. There's a place by me. Think about that place this morning. What a glorious place. To be in the presence of God, to have gone from a mere conversation to God saying, come up here and sit next to me for a minute and let me show you how glorious of a God I am. I'm thankful we have a faithful God. I'm thankful we have a great God. But the word glorious doesn't even contain the glory of our God. I believe that place next to God is a glorious place. What a prestigious place. Oh, we've gotten so backwards in this world we live in today where it, it, I, I know this person or, or I, I, I know a certain group of people in this world and people want to live for prestige in this lifetime. But friend, there is no place with the prestige like there is when you're next to God. And God says, I have a place next to me. What a prestigious place. Well, I know dignitaries and I know celebrities. Well, let me tell you, I can sit next to an almighty God. I can be in His presence. There is no place of prestige like that place. That place next to God, what a secure place. There's no place as safe as being next to the almighty God. 
It doesn't matter where you find yourself in this world or what circumstances you're facing or, or what adversary you're facing by being in the presence of God and saying, God, and God knows and He's aware there's a place next to me. You want to see me? You want to see my glory? There's a place next to me. There's a place you can be, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I will set you in this crevice. I will secure you there. I will shield you as much as you need to be shielded so you can see me in my glory. What a secure place. I would, I would, I would, I would venture to believe this morning uh, that Moses probably felt pretty comfortable there in the presence of God as far as his security was concerned. I don't think he was thinking of enemies or adversaries or discouragements, but what a secure place to to be here next to the Almighty God. Imagine this scene, the glory of God. There's a place by me. What a glorious place. What a prestigious place. What a secure place. What an uncrowded place. And this is where we, I want us to start turning our thoughts towards the message this morning. While we have a great God, we have a magnificent God... We have a story of one of his chosen men, a choice man of Scripture who led his people. He says, you want to know more of me? What a boldness in the life of Moses. But he didn't just walk up to God one day and say, show me your glory, God, and God just accommodate him. But there was a relationship established to when Moses said, I want to know you more, God. I want to see more of you. God said, climb up right next to me. There's a place next to me. But friend, while it is glorious... And it is, while it is, it is prestigious, and it is, while it is secure, it's very uncrowded. Because in the life of so many Christians, they don't want to do what is necessary to get themselves close enough to God for God to say, why don't you just climb right up here next to me and let me show you things that others have not seen. Let me let you see a part of me that others have not seen. Friend, I believe if I understand my Bible well enough uh, to know this, I believe it to be true that God is not a respecter of persons. And God wants to be close to every one of His children. God wants them to know Him in a way uh, that, 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 that is uh, of His magnificence and of His magnitude. But I'm just afraid that we do not do what is necessary to have that relationship to where God says, just climb on up here, there's a place next to me. Friend, as we get into the outline of the message this morning, let me just say to all of us this morning, God wants to know you in a greater way, but God wants you to know Him in a greater way. God would say to all of us this morning, there's a place next to me. Maybe sometimes, maybe you're at a place this morning in your own Christian life, you're at a place in your own life where you might be just wondering what the future may hold, or you might be wondering why all these things in the past, or you just might be feel like you're spinning your wheels, so to speak, in your Christian life, and you can't get any traction. I would say to all of us this morning, God's got a place next to Him that is as secure as you possibly could be. Hey, young people, don't, don't be seeking the prestige of this world. There's a God that's above this world that says to you and I this morning, there's a place next to me that you can come. There's a place that I will secure you. There's a place I can show you things about me that you can only see and know 
when you're this close to me. See, most will never know, many will never know that close, intimate relationship with God. You know God. You've received the free gift of salvation. And let me just say this morning, aren't we thankful that we can know God in a personal way, through a personal Savior, knowing our, our eternity is secure, our sins have been forgiven. We know God in that realm, but that's really the extent of it in the life of so many Christians. It would be brash for you to walk into your God and say, God, show me your glory. Show me about you because you just don't have that kind of relationship. See, there, to see the glory as being as described in this passage of Scripture. Are you with me this morning? To see this glory, there's a progression in the life of Moses. He wanted to see the glory of God. He felt comfortable asking to see the glory of God. And God was quick to respond, okay... I'll show you what I can show you. There's a place next to me. And friend, you and I ought to look at that place next to God and say, how do I get there? How do I see what Moses saw? How do I know him as Moses saw him? I want to get to that place. I think everyone, if we went around the room this morning and I stopped at each individual and said, would you like to see God in a way as described in this passage of Scripture? I believe every one of us would say, oh, why would I not? Oh, I want to see God in His glory. I want to see God in His magnificent. But friend, there's a progression that we can see in the life of Moses that we can see in this passage of Scripture that sums up his life. I want you to follow with me. Look, first of all, verse number 11. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. Think about what the Bible is saying there. The Lord spake unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. First of all, there was an obvious fellowship between Moses and God. When Moses at the end of this chapter said, God, show me your glory, that was not the first time they had spoken. That was not, a, oh, it's good to talk to you again, God. It's good to talk to you. It's, it's Moses. That was not the conversation. They were in such a habit of talking to each other that when we find them in verse number 11, talking in the tabernacle, they are speaking to one another as just casual. Like a friend, when you see your friend, your friend, you just start picking up the conversation the last time you, you left it off. You just start talking about whatever is present to talk about. You talk like you're face to face. It's a comfortable thing. It was an obvious fellowship. The reason why many Christians will never get to that place that God has by them is that you don't have any fellowship. You're not speaking to Him on a regular basis. I think everybody could be the friend of God. God is certainly our friend. God is our friend. He shows it over and over again. And we, oh, we rejoice and we get encouragement when we say to one another, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And aren't you glad God is a friend to us? Aren't you glad we can say, my God will never leave me nor forsake me. He is that friend that is always there. But can God look at you and say, that's my friend. 
Every one of us can say if we're honest and have an honest heart, God is that unconditional friend. He is the one that shows He loves me over and over again. He has always been there for me, but can God look at you and say, He is my friend? Can we converse with one another like two friends? Oh, see, this is where it gets down to where we live, Christian, because, oh, we want to behold the magnificent of God, uh, but we can't just walk in His presence and say, show me thy glory. It starts with a fellowship with Him. It starts with a daily talk with Him. It talks with a not having to reintroduce ourselves. I'm afraid if somebody had to get something from God, maybe in this room, you'd have to reintroduce yourself, fairly speaking, to God and say, oh, God, remember me. I know it's been a long time since we've talked, but I've got a petition to make to you. No friend on a daily basis basis, we had to open this book and say, God, talk to me. And we shouldn't approach it as he's some stranger trying to interject himself in our life. He is our God. He is our creator. He is our savior. And God, I want you to speak to me. And oh, I haven't considered this. And I've, I've never noticed this before. But God, I want, to, I want you to do business in my heart. And on a daily basis, we say, I got to know what God says. How many times did you pick up the phone and call a friend just to get their thoughts on something? Or we talk to a loved one, tell me what you think about this. We ought to go to the scriptures. I got to know what God has to think. And then we ought to be in such a habit of talking to God, it's as casual as we speak to a friend. Moses went to the tabernacle and said, I need to have a conversation with my friend. But it wasn't just the way Moses, and this, this, will change, this thought will change your life right here. It wasn't just that Moses looked at God as a friend. God looked at Moses as his friend. He has my best interest in, interest in mind. But we have spent so much time together. That Moses is my friend. Christian, I think it's wonderful to rejoice if you're saved this morning, rejoice in that. But I think all of us ought to take a look inward and be willing to answer the question honestly. Have I been a friend to my God? I know Him as Savior, but have I been His friend? See, if you want to get to that place next to God that very few get to, you want to get to that place where God says, I'm going to let you see a little more of me. I'm going to let you see things others have not seen. You cannot ever get there without having an obvious relationship with Him. Without having a daily, a many times during the day, a relationship with God. First of all, we see that there was an obvious fellowship. Number two, look at me in verse number 15. And he said unto him, Moses says unto God, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. Second, we see in the life of Moses, there was a complete reliance on God. He said, God, I know you said this is where you want us to go, but let's just, let me just be honest with you. If you're not going to go, I'm not going. If your presence isn't going with me, there's no point. I'm not going to go. 
And friend, let me just make this point before I make further application. If, if God sends you somewhere and His presence is with you, you can go with full confidence. You can go with, with, with great, great confidence that it, you will be fine, you will be sustained because you have the presence of God. I've said this often as your pastor. I'm not concerned with being the most popular group in town, having the most possessions in town, but I want people to know that God is there. And when you're in the service, you can feel the presence of God. And it's obvious that He's there. And friend, this church, as a church, we can go anywhere and do anything as long as God is with us. Christian, do you completely rely on God? Do you have complete reliance on Him? Say, oh, oh, I believe God. Let's stop talking in generalities. Oh, I believe God will be with me. Let's stop talking in generalities and be honest this morning. Do you have complete confidence? Do you rely solely on God for each and everything in your life? Are you completely dependent on Him? So many times in the life of a Christian, we're willing to follow God as long as He maps it out. Charts it out, and as a matter of fact, God, the more comfortable you make the journey, the more confident I will be in taking it. But friend, our confidence is not in, in our possessions. Our confidence is not in our own strength. Our confidence is in an almighty God. That's why if God has commanded you to do something, that's why if God has led you to do something, you say, well, when I committed, my health was better and now it's gone. When I committed, my means was greater and now it's gone. Don't depend on your health. Don't depend on your means. You've got a great God. You've got to completely rely on Him in every circumstance in every situation. Moses said, God, I depend on you so much, and God knew it to be true. I rely on you completely so much that I'm not going without you. Well, what a thought. Well, I just don't know why God hasn't shown himself to me. How dependent are you on God? How much do you rely on him? How much are you trusting him? God, I'll trust you. Just give me the answers ahead of time. That's not trust. You know what I found in the life of, Christ, of every I believe it's true of every Christian. At some point in your Christian life, God is going to put you in a situation. And he's going to say, show me. Living by faith. Oh, we sing that. We sing that. Living by faith. Bills are paid. Living by faith. All the answers are here. God, every once in a while, I say, okay, you want to know me more? You want to know me in a greater way? Show me. And parents, you've got to completely rely on God to rear your, rear your children. Church, we've got to completely rely on God. Well, well, such and such and such and such doesn't make great business sense. But God has said where He leads, we can follow. He will go with us. And we ought to just completely rely on Him. So many times we look as, as churches, we look as, as Christians and families. I hear some security, hear some comfort, hear some faith, and God will say, there's more to do, just rely on me. Well, I don't see how it's going to be done. Friend, if you want to see the glory of God, if you want to get in that place where God says, I have a place right here next to me, it's, it's not going to happen if you don't have fellowship with Him. It's not going to happen if you cannot say, in the God of heavens, look into your heart and know it to be true, 
God, I'm not going without you. God, I'm not going to do it without you. God, I'm not going to move forward unless you're there. I've got to have your presence. Oh, if we get back to the day in our churches, in our homes, where Christians would say, I just got to have the presence of God in my life. I may not have much to offer my family, but we have God's blessings on our home. We've got the blessing of God. Oh, if we would flip the thing and rack around in our churches and get our focus off building grand cathedrals and just say, God, I've got to have your presence. I've got to know that you're here. You have to have full reliance on God. Because if you can't fully rely on God, you couldn't handle any of his glory. We see that in the life of Moses. The progression continues, and those are the two short points. In verse number 17, and it'll take me a moment to lay out this principle, but this is a powerful truth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. I don't know about you, but when I first read that verse and I see that, and I have, as I go through my Bible study, read my Bible, when I find phrases like that, I always, I always underline them. And God says to Moses, I know thee by name. What a great truth. What a great comfort. But there's a truth that's deeper than just the fact that God knew, knew Moses by name. There's a deeper truth of what that signifies that you've got to go back to verse number 13 to fully understand. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. In verse number 17 we find God answering what Moses just asked for. He says, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight. In Moses, I do know thee by name. But if we're not careful, we'll miss a very important phrase in verse number 13 towards the end of that verse, and consider that this nation is thy people. Understand the context of this conversation. If we go back a chapter, the chapter number 32, you find that while Moses was away, uh, the people uh, formed the golden calf and worshipped the golden calf. Moses comes off the mountain and he's angry. But Moses' anger does not compare to the anger of God. And God tells Moses at the beginning of chapter 33, you tell them, I'm going to come in their midst and I'm going to wipe them out. And while Moses is talking to God in the tabernacle, all of the families are in their tent. Basically, God said, go to your rooms and wait for me. But he wasn't going to come with a belt. He was going to send an angel into there and destroy them all. But then Moses comes to God as a friend and said, If I have found grace in your sight, don't forget that this nation has a promise to be your people. And God's response in verse 17, You found grace in my sight. I know thee by name. Let me give you the point, and then, I, then I'll expound this truth. We have an established role and expectation on behalf of Moses. Moses, as the leader, was more than just the person to bring them out of bondage. 
Now the people had faltered. They had failed. God was going to destroy them because He is a righteous God. He has been angered by their rebellion. And Moses now comes in and says, As your friend, if I have found grace in your sight, remember they're your people. And God is answering Moses and said, Moses, since you have found grace in my sight, and because I know thee by name, I will spare them. God did not spare his people because they repented. They, he spared the people because Moses had such a relationship with God that he could come to him as a friend and say, God, you can't destroy them. God, you've made a promise. And God, I'm not asking you for them, but if I find grace, would you remember your promise because of me? Now Moses has established his role with God, and God is saying, Okay, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken in verse 17, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Okay, Moses, it's established. Because of you, and because I know you, I'll give grace to them. Don't ever miss, the, don't miss this point. I believe this is crucial. If Moses had not been fellowshipping with God, if Moses had not had a relationship with God, if Moses did not talk to God like friend or friend, uh, the, the, the chances are very good God would have destroyed those people. He didn't destroy them because of them. The only reason they found mercy was because, because that God had a friend who was also their friend who stood in front of God and said, God, I'm not asking you on their behalf but this is Moses. This is your friend. If I have found grace in your sight, if you know me by name, if you know me, would you on my behalf spare them? And friend, quite, quite frankly, it is the job of a pastor, it's the responsibility of a pastor to stand before God's people and speak the Word of God, preach the Word of God, to elevate the Lord Jesus Christ. But beyond that, I can just tell you, it's the responsibility of a pastor to know God as a friend in time, say, God, I'm going to you on behalf of your people. And I don't know what all is going on in so-and-so's life, but if I could talk to you as a friend, I want you to do this for me. I want you to do it for them, but if you won't do it for them, would you do it for me? Would you, can I intercede on their behalf? And let me just be as frank and, 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 and transparent as I can this morning. It's important for you to have your family in a church where there's a man of God, not some hipster, because a Justin Bieber haircut has never got the attention of God. Skinny jeans has never got a prayer answered. What you need is a man of God to stand with friend to friend and say, would you intervene on their behalf? Parents, more important than your teenage daughter, your teenage son to think you're cool and to be their best friend is for you to teach the Word of God in your home. But more, just as important, is for you to go to God and have such a fellowship with God and say, God, I know the world's after them and, I, and they, they, the, the seeds of rebellion may be showing in their life. But friend to friend, would you, can I find grace in your sight? 
Would you keep the devil away from them? Would you keep the world away from them? Can you keep their heart tender to, to, to you? And, and if you'll just, and sometimes they do rebel, and sometimes they do become the prodigal. You know what they need at that point more than they've ever needed it in their life is for somebody who has spent so much time with God. They're not blaming God. They're not, they're just saying, God, hey, here I am. I'm your friend. Uh, here, here I am. Uh, we've talked so much. It, maybe not for their sake. They deserve judgment. They deserve destruction. But if you would find grace because of me, would you spare them? Would you give a little more time? See, mom and dad, this is why it is vital, it is crucial for you to spend time with God every day, not just to sustain you for that day, not just because you need the principles to guide you and to govern you, because there's going to come a time when your, 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 your loved one, your children are going to need you to go on their behalf and say, God, it's your friend again. God, can we talk? God, I'm just going to be candid to you. Uh, they, they, yes, they deserve destruction. Yes, they've strayed from you. But, can, but if you would... You know my name, don't you? You remember who I am. Can I just speak to you? And if you would, if I find grace, would you extend a little mercy? The same could be true of grandparents. I'm not there yet, but I'm knowing enough grandparents to know that you're more fond of your grandchildren than your kids at this point in your life. And your response has just confirmed that. Say, I don't, I don't, I don't, this world that they're going to grow up in. I can just see that there's, there's temptations, there's things, maybe, maybe your own child is not doing right, and now there's grandchildren that grow up in a way you wish they had not, would not grow up. Can, 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 I, can, I, can I help you this morning? You just get to know God as a friend. Too many Christians are, are chasing people out into the world when, when if you just get to know God as a friend and say, God, I don't know what's going on, but it's your friend here again. And if I can find grace, you know I've been a friend to you, God. If I can find grace, would you extend it in the life of my grandchildren? Can you imagine what would happen if Christians... Could go to God and say, God, I want to talk to you about my nation. America deserves judgment. The fact that we'll murder so many innocent children and do it with a smile on our face. The fact that we have blasphemed your name. God, I know you're a righteous God. I know you're a holy God. And I know we deserve judgment. But it's your friend. And I come to you today on behalf of my nation. And I ask you if I have found grace. If I found grace, would you extend it a little bit longer to my country? Would you give us another opportunity to be saved? But see, that's the problem, friend. We're too quick to get involved in political revolutions and it's gotten us out of our prayer closet. We're too quick to, to embrace the ideology of this world when we all just follow the Word of God and say as a Christian, 
I have a responsibility to get to know my God and spend time with God. And I believe one man, as the friend of God, can spare a generation from the judgment of God because they can find grace in the sight of an almighty God. And God will say, the, the, the abortion angers me. The blaspheme, uh, blasph- blasphemy angers me. Something has to be done. But I'll give grace because you found grace in my sight. All of us know a friend who's away from God. Let me just be candid and remind us and help us this morning. You chasing them out in the world is the worst thing you could do. Well, I got, they got to know I love them. They got to know I care for them. Friend, don't talk to me about loving somebody until you've gone to God, until you enter that prayer closet and say, God, it's me again. It's your friend I'm here today on behalf of my friend. And God, I know they're away from you, and I know they deserve chastisement, and I know you'll do what is necessary to bring them back into fellowship with you. But I'm here asking on their behalf, would you give another opportunity of salvation? Would you give another opportunity for them to get right? If I can find grace in your sight, would you extend it? See, this is what's missing In our churches, this is what's missing in our homes. This is what's missing in our nation. There's not enough people that know God in such a way. God says, I might not do it for them, but I'll do it for my friend. Is this not true in our life? A complete stranger can walk up to you and ask you to do something. Eh, I'm not doing it. But your friend, you'll move heaven and earth to meet their needs, to accommodate, to please them. And we have a God in heaven who wants to do good to us as it is. Uh, he's He's our heavenly Father. He wants to bless us. But the righteousness of God is a real thing. The holiness of God is a real thing. But what we what this world needs, what your friends need, what your loved one need, what your children need, what our nation needs is for Christians to fellowship with God in such a way that we become a friend with God. And when God says, my righteousness demands, that has to be met. But Moses had established himself with an expectation and a role. God, I'm going to stand between your people and you. And on behalf, if I have found grace. Let me ask you a very pointed and candid question before we move on. If the mercy of a loved one If the mercy of a friend, if the mercy of a righteous God on a wicked nation depended on your relationship with God, would your loved ones see another day? Would we have any hope in our nation, in our world? See, I've said this often, and I feel compelled to say it this morning. Parents, don't, don't, don't allow your pastor to pray for your kids more than you do. Don't allow your pastor to pray for your marriage more than you do. 
Well, you get to know God. You fellowship with Him. You get to know Him so that you can stand. You'll get your needs met, of course, and He'll intercede on your behalf, but there's just something to the ability to stand in front of God and say, God, it's your friend. I'm not, I'm not justifying anything they do. I can't defend it. But if I find grace, would you do it for me? And we find God in verse 17. The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight. They didn't. He did. Because I know thee by name. Fourthly and finally this morning, we find the request of Moses in verse 18, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. The fourth observation I see in the life of Moses that gets us to the place where God says, I have a place by me, is we find a desire to see and know more of God. You know what is sad in the life of so many Christians? There's just no desire to know Him better. There's no desire to see Him in a greater way. I'm not a real smart man, but I am smart enough to be able to look into the Scripture and just find the pattern and know that it works. Before I can sit in that place next to God, before I can approach the place that God says, I have a place right by me, it's just obvious from the life of Moses, i got to have fellowship with Him. That's my goal. That's my desire. And, and I'm for, uh, when we do it in our bulletin, give you a plan for reading the Bible through the year, I, I think every Christian ought to set that as a goal. Every Christian ought to do it. But it shouldn't be the goal of your Christian life is just to be able to say, I can check a box and I've read my Bible through in a year. I want to know God. I want Him to be my, I want Him to know I'm His friend. I want to be able to talk to Him just like I would talk to another friend. It's that, it's, it's that comfortable for us to speak speak to one another. Once I have that relationship with him, I can, I'm, I'm gonna, the more I get to see him, the more I know him, it's just going to be a natural thing for me to rely on him more. Because I'm going to be reminded of his goodness. I'm going to be reminded of his greatness. I'm going to be reminded of his faithfulness. And I'm just going to be able, my faith is going to grow. I can rely on him. And then it's not going to be all about me and my Christian life. I've got, I've, I've got to go on behalf of others. Then we get to that point where I've just got to know God in a greater way. Follow this with me just for a moment. At this point in Scripture, Moses knew the power of God. There is no doubt in the mind of Moses, God was a powerful God. All the plagues that God had put on the Egyptian people so that His people can be released... Moses had witnessed God part the Red Sea. There was no doubt in Moses' mind of the reality of the power of God. Moses had already seen the protection of God. How God had protected His people from their enemies. Moses had also seen the provision of God. After they left the bondage of Egypt, God had provided for them so that they could eat and so they had water to drink and God had provided for them. 
Moses had witnessed it, there was nothing in the mind and the heart of Moses that wondered if he was powerful, wondered, wondered if he could protect them, wonder if there was provision. Moses had experienced all the benefits of a great God. He had experienced all the blessings of a great God. But Moses had known God in a little way while he appreciated the benefits. He appreciated the blessings. He said, God, I'm not asking anything from you. I just want to see you. I just want to know you. And friend, it's a great day in the life of a Christian when they get to the place, and it's not just about getting something from God, although isn't it wonderful that we have a God who protects us and provides for us and does for us, but it's a great day in the life of a Christian when we get to the place, God, I'm not here to ask you anything for me. Show me your glory. I want to see you in a greater way way he's now asking just to know him Christian how well do you know your God oh I need I need a miracle from God go to God pastor I need I need grace I need cover go to God I need a miracle then go to the God who knows what you need. Ask Him, and He is a benevolent God. But it's a different life. Just say, God, we're talking as friends. And I know you've already said you want to destroy these people, but I'm here to stand in front of you and say, if I found grace... I found grace. Would you spare them? And after this conversation with God, and God says, okay, Moses, because I know your name. See, that's why it's important for you to know God. I say this, and, and, and I'll get back to what I was going to say, because that's pretty good. What I'm going to say is pretty good, too. But, but, but I often, I, often I, I believe in accountability when it comes to the Scriptures. And when somebody says, I, I'm done with the Christian life, I'm done with serving God, I often say, who are you willing to let die and go to hell because, because you're going to leave God? Who are you willing to forsake? Because, because there's somebody, if we just get to know God in such a way, we could stand on behalf of them and say, God, can I find grace in your sight? God says, I'll grant it, Moses. And virtually, practically speaking, Moses said, since I'm here, show me your glory. Moses had built a relationship to where he was comfortable enough in the presence of God to say, show me what else you got, God. Let me see you. And God, if you follow the context of the scripture, basically said, Huh, I got a place right here by me. I can't remember the last time. I can't remember if ever I've been asked. Can I just sit up next to you, God? And just bask in who you are? Let's be honest this morning. Let's be honest, Christian. The average time we talk to God is when we got to have something. Oh, yeah, I've tried everything else. I guess I better try God. 
we got to get in such a habit in our Christian life of talking to God, speaking to God. See, it's hard to talk to God when you're not willing to deal with the things that God wants to talk about. God, I don't want anything between us. I want to be in such fellowship with you. God, I've got to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you very candidly because we're friends. If I find grace, would you impart some mercy? And while I'm here, would you, would you just show me more of you? Oh, there's room. I have a place right here by me. My message is very simple this morning for all of us is to remind us what a great God we have. Remind us the importance of that relationship with Him. And I believe God still has a place by Him. But it's an uncrowded place. Would there be one child of His this morning that would say, I want We know the power that God has. We know the protection that God has. We know the provision God has, has. But would you, can, we, can we try to get to know God in such a way, God, I just want to see more of your glory. I just want to see more of you. God has a place by him. Are you willing to do what is necessary to have that kind of relationship with him? If you're not saved this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, that's the first thing you must do to have any relationship with God. Oh, well, well, God, well, yeah, God does love everybody. He sent His Son to die for everybody. Uh, but you can't have a personal relationship with God without faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, without salvation through Him. You cannot have a personal relationship with God. That's the first thing you must do is trust Christ as your personal Savior. Grandma's salvation won't do it for you. The, the pastor's salvation won't do it for you. You must have a personal salvation. Christian, this morning, as your pastor, I want what I preached this morning. But I want for you what I preached this morning. Oh, when we go to God and build a relationship so that we can see His glory. What a powerful phrase of Scripture. I have a place by me. I have a place by me. Who will go look for that place by God? Father, I pray that you